Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network continuing on our coverage of Breaking Bad as we are in season two, episode eight. One of the uh, all-time greats here of uh, of Breaking Bad. A little episode that might sound familiar. Better Call Saul. No, we're not on to the spin-off. We are still on Breaking Bad. Uh, the episode called Better Call Saul. Maybe you can call this the backdoor pilot for Better Call Saul, potentially. Uh, this first aired on the 26th of April, 2009. It was written by Peter Gould, directed by Terry McDonoghue. And, uh, oh, wow, are we excited to talk about this episode. Now, are we excited to, to come up with a quote? Because now that we've got a certain guy in here, um, I really don't know where we're meant to begin with this. So I'll try my best here. Uh, my name is Ben, and now if only I could learn to lick myself. <laughs> my name's Nick, and what happened to my masturbator? <laughs> oh, God, how could we choose quotes when Saul Goodman's on this show all of a sudden? Um, yeah, we mentioned the end of last week. This is a, a brilliant episode. Uh, Mr. Bob Odenkirk, take a bow. Here he is. Um what what an episode, Nick! Better Call Saul. It's uh yeah. I I mean I know you. I always assume that you weren't watching Better Call Saul, but you are. But uh, I don't know if uh, do you like this episode better than the entire series of Better Call Saul, <laughs> or are you not quite uh, able to make your mind up there yet until it ends? <laughs> well, yeah, I think I'm. I think kind of the jury's out for me on on the TV show Better Call Saul because um I, I want to see how it ends, and you know I always find it harder hard to evaluate things until you've seen the whole kind of show. Um, but yeah, I think like the character on here, he's a lot freer to be funny and 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 you know because he's not the main character, he serves a different purpose on the TV show that he's the the star of. Um, and you know he is you know in this case, I've actually um, I've bought another Breaking Bad book. I can't seem to help myself, but I've got this one wow. which is called Breaking Bad One Hundred One: The Complete Critical Companion, um, written by Alan Sepinwall. I'm I'm just gonna. St- see if I can find it. There's just like an interesting little thing that he's got where he kind of talks about this kind of better call Saul and, and the idea to kind of have, you know, this character come onto the show. And um, he says, you know, Vince Gilligan um, on why he wanted to add a character like Saul to the mix, you know, the darker things get, the more I feel a desire to have humor. I want humor in the show as much as it can reasonably exist. Saul Goodman is a good out for that. He's not a clown. He's a character who seems clownish on the surface, but is better than that. He's a character who doesn't lie to himself. He, he knows he's a lawyer he knows he's in it for the money he doesn't have any illusions that someday he's going to chuck all this out and make the supreme court that is just such a 180 degree difference from a guy like walt who does nothing but lie to himself to me it's refreshing on two levels the humor is refreshing and that he doesn't lie to himself so i think it's you know it's important to have this kind of character on the show that kind of brings that that humor to the to the show yeah no i definitely agree and i just want to mention now uh bob odenkirk i don't know how familiar you were with him kind of coming into this, um, I mean, I, I'm reading here that he actually was on Saturday Night Live in the early 90s and a writer. I didn't I didn't realise that he sort of went back that far. But he's just one of these guys that would pop up in things every now and then. Like, And I, this is the weirdest thing that I recognise him from. Uh, you and I were just talking about this off air, a show Friends. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. And uh, we've mentioned our fandom of that. But I, I was one of these weird people that actually watched Joey and stuck to it and didn't mind Joey. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't Friends. But I also don't think it was bad as a reputation preceded it. And there was a, an episode where kind of Joey's got his acting rival and it's Bob Odenkirk. So, like, I remember when I saw this for the first time, going, hey, it's that guy from Joey. Um, and he's just also one of these ones that you don't realise is in a lot more things. He was in The Cable Guy, one of my favourite movies, um, and just a lot of other things as well. So he's just 
and How I Met Your Mother. He was in that for a long time as well. I think he, um, I can't remember the character he played in How I Met Your Mother, but yeah. So like, it's kind of he's one of those guys that just appeared as bit things over the years, and then all of a sudden, I don't want to say this is his big break because it's not like he wasn't sort of known, but I mean. I'd probably say he's more well-known for this now than anything else, essentially. So were you familiar with Bob Odenkirk before this? No, I had no idea who he was. Like, because, um, you know, I think he was most well-known in America for kind of Saturday Night Live. I think that was kind of like a big thing that he was in on, from what I understand. And that's not a show that we really get here in New Zealand, certainly not on kind of free-to-air TV anyway. So um, he's not somebody that I was really familiar with um, at all before I saw the show. This was my introduction to to um, Bob Odenkirk, and um, what an introduction. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's. Um, I mean, he, he, let's be honest, he's kind of one of those guys who's pretty similar and everything it's kind of like a Dean Norris style person but I mean he's got great chops I mean like the acting ability last week Dean Norris you know you mentioned the acting ability with him and kind of it's kind of a shame that they're almost typecast in some of these shows where they're kind of always playing the same character because when they get given something to work with I mean obviously with with Soul like Bob Odenkirk in Better Call Soul is is incredible um and I think it's kind of you know you, you get I don't say he's a one-note character like he's the comic relief, but he has some heavy stuff to deal with in Breaking Bad. But what I really appreciate about Better Call Saul is, I mean, with any prequel, you're meant to appreciate kind of the journey of how he gets to this type of person. And, you know, when you first start watching Better Call Saul in the first season, it's kind of, it's a very different character. And it's kind of like, well, how does he get to where he gets? And ultimately that's what we're going to get in the sort of, at the time of recording this, the final season is still being... Uh, filmed at the moment so um yeah yeah and, and i mean it's really interesting because i think the character that he he plays on on better call Saul is it, it obviously has to be different i don't think he could be that kind of crazy character on you know on on the show that he's the star of i think it has to be slightly different um and and so you know i think that, that that's a good thing um i do like the reference that we get here which i'd kind of forgotten that you know he's honest that you know it's a different name. name yeah yeah and, and i didn't realize and, that either yeah and it's just one of those things that you know with better call Saul now having been a show you actually know that stuff and <laughs> so so yeah i really enjoyed that little kind of callback as well and so yeah and that kind of goes to that quote that I kind of read out of Vince Gilligan before that you know he knows that he's a crook he knows that he's a liar and he's quite comfortable with that fact yeah yeah now I'm glad you mentioned that quote I was going to mention that once we got to that scene because um yeah I I didn't realize it was ever mentioned in Breaking Bad that uh, his last name was McGill so um yeah we'll kind of get to that I love the opening of the I remember watching this for the first time and just watching this opening sequence and kind of, you know, never believing this guy was a cop. I'm sort of with Badger here. Um, and this guy, DJ Qualls, who he's been in lots of things. Was it Euro Trip or, or Road Trip? Road I think. Trip. Yeah, 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 Road, road trip. trip. And he's he's kind of one of these guys. Isn't he like in X-Men? Isn't he like the the guy who's all strung out uh, with um, Magneto in one of the X-Men movies? I feel like he's been in one of those as well, but... And and he like he's a weird comparison, weird connection that he was in the film clip for Boys by Britney Spears, also featuring a good friend of our shows, uh, John Carroll. So um, he's the I, guy I, at the I, beginning of the film clip yelling, "Britney, Britney!" <laughs> I, I remember him like, wasn't he in like Big Bang Theory? I think he was like somebody's yeah. relation or something like that. But yeah, it's um, it, it, it feels like a fun little character to kind of have come in here. It might be, you know, we talked about Danny Trejo last time. Maybe this is the, the you know, the, the next biggest kind of character we get for a little while. There's somebody that you know. He's probably probably been in more than we kind of realise. Um, this was a really fun one to listen to the commentary because they talked about this particular scene has been I think like the longest one shot opening scene that they've ever had on Breaking Bad Um, and then they said that it actually isn't one shot it's filmed to look like it but actually every time somebody comes past like you know like a pedestrian or a cyclist kind kind of comes in front of where Badger's sitting um, that's actually where they took an opportunity to cut but you obviously can't you don't see that but um, the minute you know that you see it everywhere you can see where they've made the cuts but you know from a from a perspective of not knowing that it does look like just one big take that they've done It's, it's really quite impressive. It's actually really interesting looking at DJ Qualls. Like, I mean, he's just got a unique look about him. He's one of these actors that you, you're going to know what he looks like because he's very, you know, I guess pro- prevalent. Like, he looks, he's got a certain look about him. But, um, yeah, he was not just Boys by Britney Spears. He was in the Simple Plan uh, I'm Just a Kid film clip. Uh, Eels, Mr. E's Beautiful Blues, Bare Naked Ladies, Pinch Me. I mean, there you go. He's, he's done the rounds. And Lost, I forgot that he was in Lost. He was in Everybody Hates Hugo. He was uh, Hurley's friend. Uh, of course, I remember that now. So uh, where's like these connections that kind of had there? But yeah, this whole opening sequence is just basically Badger on a bench, 
Badger on a Bench. That sounds like its own TV show. Um, <laughs> this week on Badger on a Bench. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on a bench it says Better Call Soul. Uh, it's built on the back there. Kind of just uh, trying to sell something. I, I just love Badger here. Just like going like, oh, come on. You know, you're clearly a cop. You've got the flower van over there. Like, you guys should try harder. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, get in a garbage truck. Like, no one would believe that. And I'm, I'm with Badger there. Like, it's kind of like... Whenever you see a certain car parked inside, you can always tell an undercover cop car, right? Like, they've got yeah. a look about it. Like, can't an undercover cop just drive around in a Datsun or something like that? Or, like, yeah. you know, a 1980s Mazda? Like, I mean, I'm never going to suspect that. Um, so, you know, but I just, I love, I just absolutely love this whole, just the way Badger's kind of just bagging this guy out, basically. And even when he, like, lifts, like, lifts your shirt, I want to see if you are Like, whoa, I'm blinded by the white. Like, just... <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Um, and then ultimately it turns out that he is a cop and he gets arrested. And I do love kind of the way you see the flower van kind of like drive in and basically everything along those lines. I just want to give props to Matt Jones. He's so good. Like he's just so natural at just what he does here. Like I want to believe this is how Matt Jones is in real life, that he's not really acting. I'm not saying he's a meth user, but um, just kind of how it all kind of plays out there. But um, I mean, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that about this actually not being one shot. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, this is not a scene that's going to make the top five, but it's just it's just a fun scene. Like, I remember this scene. I always I'm, I always remember thinking, like, what's that episode where you've got the, the bench scene at the beginning where you've got this cop where he's not a cop, but then he is a cop, and saying, oh, it's in the Constitution, I have to tell you that I'm a cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is really good, and I think, you know, like, if, if you had a cop that looked like this, you'd probably want to use him for this kind of thing, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, I mean, yeah, he kind of, you know, I I think one thing is I'm like, oh, does he really, like, look like a cop? Like, because he's, like, the weediest looking cop I've ever seen. But um, (laughs) anyway. Well, I think you've got lots of of Chief Wiggum type cops in the world that are, like, these big fat guys who seem to pass, seem to manage to pass the fitness test. So I imagine that this guy could pass the fitness test. So uh, it's, it's reasonable. Yeah, exactly. Um, We get sort of our uh, follow up from uh, Jesse and Jane uh, they've they've done it a lot on the floor the uh the one of the camping chairs is uh, knocked over and the satellites being connected because we get our very first taste of a Better Call Soul commercial, although I think there was one on one of those ones we, we discovered earlier as a bit of a yeah. trivia thing. But um, what I really appreciate, and again, this is not a spoiler, but kind of a spoiler, is like one of the storylines in Better Call Soul is we kind of get to the bottom of why he does these ads, like kind of these cheesy little ads that he does. And um, I know sort of on our, we, we did our homework at the beginning of this season, the webisodes, and I think a lot of the future webisodes that we get in later seasons are all just Better Call Soul ads and sort of Better Call Soul related because I want to see Better Call Soul ads. Like, I love this guy in the car, like, I was minding my own business partying until I got, you know what I could do? Better Call Soul! <laughs> like just- I kind of... I kind of want to be able to slow down because I want to be able to read what that that um, scrawl at the bottom of the ad actually says. There, hopefully, there's like a trivia somewhere that can tell us that because it's so good. It's kind of like it obviously just says something about like you know like there's no liability here or something like that. You know, like whatever it is, it's really good. But yeah, this ad is so funny. I love the um the like the the, the um, female cop who's like a stripper or whatever. Like it's really good. It's got to be somewhere online with that. Yeah, the co- and like um. I just, I just love the the cheesy like it's and like this is the thing I've seen ads like this in America like I thought this was just something they make I never forget first time I went to New York like flicking on one of these channels and like at two in the morning you have just these cheesy ads that are literally like this and also I remember my one of my first tastes of American television was there I think it was in California I swear every third commercial was for a lawyer it was just yeah. like wow no wonder they sue each other they advertise lawyers so much here it's like I don't know if I've ever seen an ad for a lawyer in Australia. I don't know if you guys advertise. Do you nah. have lawyers in New Zealand? Are they are they there yet? Or well, I mean, it's just like I mean, America's a famously litigious society, right? And I mean, that's just I don't you know I've, I've never been there, but you know, like that's you know I know enough to know that you know it's possible to sue people for this, that, and the other. Whereas we just don't have that same kind of litigious culture in New Zealand, so you would never need this kind of legal representation. But yeah, I managed to actually pause the video while we watched it. It's like you know, not actual clients, paid actors representing testimonials affidavits on file is what it says at the bottom so maybe not quite as funny as i was hoping but still pretty good we get uh jesse and jane basically uh you know recovering from their sex and uh we we learn that jane is uh 
is a recovering drug addict and she's been uh, recovering for, for 18 months because Jesse wants to, to light up, you know, uh, have, a, have a bit of a bong or a joint or whatever it goes there. Um, we get Marie uh, calling up uh, the, the White household after Skylar leaves and uh, basically she's worried about Hank and um, Walt rushes over to, to see Hank, who's obviously still a bit shell-shocked from the last episode. And I like this scene between Walt and Hank. Kind of, I, I, again, mm. Hank again, amazing. Like, I love kind of Hank sort of, you know, not now Marie's kind of, you know, laying there. And as soon as Walt walks in, he's like, oh, hey, hey man, yeah, no, I've, I'm crapping out stuff. Oh, don't get too close. And basically kind of this, you know, nice little back and forth between the two. Hank sort of says, you know, like, oh, you know, no offense, but you're not really going to be on the same page with our professions and Kind of, you get this, you know, this one of these other little moments you've mentioned, which I really stand out now. We're kind of think, oh, Walt's about to tell the truth because it was like, actually, you know, we, we've got more of a similar life than you you think about it, um, and kind of essentially says about um, what does he say about like his um, his fear of every day and essentially that he's been diagnosed with cancer and he's lost that fear, um, mm. which is it's just a nice little scene and like even the way Walt's kind of just like get up and get out there and kind of, you know, move past it, which I will say it's a very, like, manly type of advice. <laughs> I'm like, you know, come on, suck it up, princess, get up there and do it. But it just kind of works. Like, I like this scene between these two. Yeah, I think so. And, and um, yeah, like, the, you know, the, the line he says about the, we don't have experiential overlap, which is a yeah. quite a nice, <laughs> a nice way of saying it. You know, I really like that. And, you know, like I think kind of um, Hank's going to be a bit of a downer, you know, with the whole rock collection thing when we get to Crystal. that. But, Crystal, sorry. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I think kind of, um, you know, I talked a little bit last week about the kind of uh, – that he was the fish out of water amongst these other guys. He was the one being kind of quote unquote bullied, I suppose. And and now you're kind of getting this role reversal where it's always Hank who has to be the one to to give Walt support and advice. And and now it's the opposite way around. I I, I really like that. Um, one of the other things you might not have noticed too is like when they do the kind of um, the wide shot of the two of them sitting there is that there's this this vase of flowers on the table and then a, and then the painting above them is basically the same thing. It's a vase of flowers with vase. See, if now you're that you in mention that, yeah, it's quite it's quite. <laughs> funny just these two little things and um very, it feels very marie doesn't it and all the purple that i'm looking here in the scene yeah just, yeah. just purple purple uh everywhere uh, essentially um jesse and walt are counting their money they've uh, managed to purchase a, a money counting machine um sure why not i'm sure there's readily available at costco on that page from last week um ninety thousand dollars that they've got uh, and but I think that the, the, what they've only got like they're missing about two or three grand or something, and then we find out that Badger's missing. So uh, Jesse makes some calls. I love it. What, what does he like say when he's on the phone and he kind of turns to Walt and gives him like a yeah, like that's right, I'm tough. Like yeah, what does he yeah. say? Yeah, it's like a, when I when I when I say something, I mean business or something. It's yeah, like it's yeah, it's really good. It's it's really funny and just like that line, that that look, sorry, that he gives Walt is just it's so funny. And we we find out this is where um, basically Badger's been arrested and they're what too scared to tell Jesse. <laughs> so kind of like Jesse's. I just love Jesse with street cred. That people are scared of him and he's a guy basically like oh what. Um, Hank returns, uh, to the D office and yeah, kind of, as you're saying, kind of like he was being bullied and everything, but he's about to walk in and he's the man all of a sudden, but we, we get another sort of panic attack in the, um, in the elevator. But, uh, yeah, I just love, I just love cocky Hank walking around and kind of, you know, strutting stuff, cocky, everything. And then, um, uh, this is where we get Gomez basically telling him that, uh, yeah, the, the local cops have, uh, arrested somebody with, with the blue crystal, um, Badger's getting uh, interrogated by uh, our guy from Road Trip. And then we get our introduction, our first proper introduction, not from TV, but in comes Saul Goodman, uh, just walks straight in um, and pulls out all the files. Right, okay, what are you going on here? All right, public masturbation. Like, why can't you do it like the rest of us? You know, I did this in a Starbucks, basically. <laughs> just like... Oh, it's so funny. There's just line after line after line. And then you get here and essentially like, okay, you're going to make your second phone call and uh, you're going to get me a check for, was it $4,600? A cashier check. No, actually a money order. Make it out to this. Just just for tax purposes. (laughs) Um, Just kind of just keeps going on and on and on about this, uh, which is just... 
like, just the brilliance of, of Bob Odenkirk is he can just, like, reel off these line after line after line. And, like, I mean, I'd love to know how much of this is scripted. Like, do they give him free yeah. range to kind of, like, go on with this? Because, I mean, if it's scripted, it's brilliant. Bob Odenkirk can just play it like it's not scripted. And if it's not scripted and they kind of just give him a rough outline and he co- goes with it still... Um, completely, completely brilliant. Um, and I might sort of cap it when he's sort of walking through the halls and kind of something that, uh, you know, feels very, you know, relevant because we get a lot of this in Better Call Saul. He kind of drinks from the little drink fountain. He's on the phone to his, um, his assistant. And then we get his first interaction here with, uh, Hank and what is he like? Well, what, what have you got for me or something along those lines or something like that? And basically, um, Hank says, you know, what is he like? Oh, your commercials are shit or something like that, you know? And then, oh, we've seen acting like that in a whorehouse, whatever it is. And then basically just the way Bennett, where they solve basically like, oh, like the one that your mum works in. <laughs> it's, it's just so like, childish. Yeah, it's just like schoolyard kind of like. Um, yeah, like insults, isn't it? Like, it, yeah, it is really crazy. Like, but it works I so mean, well for these characters. Like the two that are these are funniest characters, basically in all of Breaking Bad. And you get this first interaction. Like, this is their humor. And like, the thing is that it works with Hank. Like, it's not like he just kind of like passes it off. He's like, oh, like he literally seems like, oh, snap! Like, dude, like, what are you saying? <laughs> well, I think the thing about this character is that like he just arrives fully formed. Like, just from the beginning, you just like totally buy in that this character is a real and i think you know one of the things that about saul that you know we're probably going to talk in detail about because that's the kind of people we are is his fashion sense you know like <laughs> he's just got like the craziest suits and tie you know and this one is this one's actually quite muted by by saul goodman's standards but um you know like he's got this this crazy kind of like almost candy cane tie and it's the the big wide tie and you know like the the kind of double-breasted suit almost he just like yeah he just he's just got like a real look to him and um from what i could gather from the commentary it sounds like the the hairstyle itself was almost a bit of a choice by Bob Odenkirk, like that kind of nearly mullet look, you know, where it's all kind of like slightly comb over, all pushed back into this kind of like longish kind of look at the back. It's, you know, that was a bit of a decision that he kind of made. And um, yeah, like I, I, I just really like that, that you kind of get this character who's, yeah, straight away. And like you say, just the quips immediately. Um, and, and I too would love to know what the percentage of it is that is scripted and, and what's made up by him. He just looks like a lawyer. Like if yeah. you were to picture what a lawyer looked like, he and I actually just noticed too that he's got um like a pin on his his breast, like a lapel pin of like the the, the justice scales. You know? Yeah, well, <laughs> apparently there's I, I don't know if it's in this this particular episode or this um you know the scene or whatever, but apparently he quite often has the 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 justice scale um cufflinks, and as somebody that wears cufflinks quite a lot for work because it's just a nerdy thing I do, mm. um I, I appreciate that. That's all. I've never worn cufflinks in my life, I think, before Nick. So uh, there you go. But I should mention too that sort of like he when he's questioning Hank and Natch that uh, he's you know basically saying that like if the DEA is involved that yeah. um, you know there's, there's obviously something big going on here. So it's kind of like I like how you kind of go from this like sleazy, just kind of like shitty lawyer to that he's he's got some smarts about him. He's kind of like, okay. Well, hang on, the DA's here. Like something's going on here. Um, yeah. Jesse and Walt are outside of. Uh, we get the first look at the office with kind of like the the Statue of Liberty inflatable thing on top of it, and kind of just this crummy little thing at like a strip mall. Uh, again, these are everywhere in the states. You'll see these, and in Canada, like you you see these kind of little things everywhere popping up. Um, and I, I like this little speech because, like, you know, Walt's kind of like, like, what are we doing here? Like, let's get a better lawyer. But, like, just Jesse, the way he's kind of like, you know, when you want a criminal lawyer, you need a criminal lawyer. Yeah. Um, kind of it's 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 a nice little line. And we get sacred coin to- coin toss is back. Basically, Walt doesn't want to show his face. And Jesse's kind of like, well, why do I want to show my face? So uh, they flip a coin. Walt loses. We sort of get this, uh, I guess, waiting room scene where basically you get called over by a number and you got screaming kids and just all these kind of clientele. And we get our first meeting between uh, Saul and Walt, which is uh, it's a pretty prominent moment to kind of have these two meet. Um, I like Walt's look; he's got like an isotopes hat and kind of his sunglasses, yeah. and just there's a bit of a there's a bit of a story behind that isotopes hat, which I didn't realise. But so basically, that's the local that's Albuquerque isotopes, sort of the minor league baseball team um, in Albuquerque, and like I guess each minor league team is affiliated with a major yep. league, like yep. so. And so, so theirs at the time of of um, filming was um, the LA Dodgers. It's since changed 
Challenge and it's the Colorado Rockies now. Um, but they actually are named, like we had our Simpsons reference last episode. This is a Simpsons reference as well, like the Springfield Isotopes. This is named, they are named after the Springfield Isotopes. Also, oh, they're named after the Springfield, not the other way around. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And and basically, I guess it's, you know, we talked a little bit last week as well about, you know, that um, New Mexico was kind of the birthplace of the atomic bomb. So kind of makes sense from that perspective that um, that they're named the isotopes. But yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting little story that, that, you know, it makes me want to actually get an isotopes cap now. Maybe I need to yeah. do that to send away and get a get a um, Albuquerque isotopes cap because they, they look pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's quite interesting. I love the set, like uh, the, um, the waiting room, you know, when he's kind of in this waiting room of just like this kind of like cast of characters who are all these like, you know, just the people you would expect to be Saul's, you know, clientele. It just just feels like perfect. Just like these screaming kids and like these gangbangers and just everything kind of just feels absolutely perfect. And, you know, he's got this this receptionist that he's hitting on. And <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so good. And then like, I mean, like Saul's office is just like, picture perfect you know like it is just it's everything you would expect eh? like it's just this this kind of mock version of like the white house or whatever it's supposed yeah. to be you know like those kind of roman columns and like and he's got the constitution on the wall behind him like it is just it's so tacky and just so Saul goodman it's just perfect absolutely perfect which can i just say i don't know if it took me till uh better call soul to get his name like I, I, I like it's, it's so man. obvious. Yeah. It's yeah. so obvious his name, but it's like I finally got it. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, so good, man. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's clever. Uh, but I mean, this meeting's great. What, what's the name that um, uh, Walt gives himself here? Oh, so he's basically he's calling himself. Um, what was um, what was Badger's name? Um, oh. so it's, it's it's the same surname as Badger's actual right. Surname. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, he's basically pretending to be Badger's uncle, so they're using the same surname. Mayhew, Brandon Mayhew, Mayhew. Yeah, yeah. Mr. So Mayhew. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's the whole thing there. And, yeah, so, yeah, he's introducing himself as Badger's uncle um, and that, you know, Saul says about how that the DA wants uh, Badger to lead them to this guy called Heisenberg um, and Saul's basically saying, well, we'll just get Badger to give him up. Um, and then I, I love Walt here, who's basically just like ten thousand dollars. Like you know, I'll, I'll um, you know, give you this money. Like you know, make him basically, uh, you know, not talk. Uh, we also get a few little key important scenes here where Walt keeps coughing, and I just love the editing here because kind of the way like Saul closes the door and he says ten thousand dollars. Oh, he's going to take the deal. And then next scene, you just kind of get Walt going into the car, basically saying like. Yeah, no, Saul kicked me out. <laughs> Basically, was offended yeah. that I bribed him. Um, and then we get an amazing scene. Again, this is, yeah, it won't make the top five, but this is just, I love this sequence where basically they're waiting, they've got to kidnap Saul. As you said, Saul's flirting with his uh, secretary, of course. He is. What does he say uh, when she like walks out and leaves or something like just that? Just something about that booty, yeah. Yeah, something about the booty. Uh, it's not quite the onion, uh, you know, makes me want to cry. But, yeah. um, but so Walt and Jesse kidnap. Soul, drive him out to the desert. They're wearing their ski mask and it's all like all sinister and everything. And they're basically like, you know, um, you've got to tell uh, Badger not to talk. And I love Soul here. He's like, oh, do you work for such and such? I'm sorry, I'll do this. Like, it's just kind of like going on. I don't know, like, are there Easter eggs here? Like, do, are these people that he mentions in Better Call Soul? Like, I'm sure there's kind of maybe some. Oh, yeah, they, they, they will be. I mean, these things are so, so, you know, like any any opportunity they can to do overlap, they do maybe to their detriment at times, I might I might say. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, there's, there's every likelihood that that's a, that has happened one of the things i love about this is he's actually just this wide shot and it's kind of like just what you know like it's the rv and kind of like the brake lights of the rv yeah. um and and them in front of it and it's just this beautiful shot it's just like really really cool i love how they just like you're having this intense kind of dialogue scene and then they'll kind of just cut to this like amazing wide shot of the desert or whatever it is they they do it so often and next next episode is going to be just an absolute kind of showcase for that stuff but it's it's amazing here too i just i just love it when they do that and they do it often 
Yeah, I completely agree. And I love it's like windy. Like, I don't know if this was a deliberate ploy uh, to kind of make it. Yeah, I think apparently it was like freezing this day and it was actually windy like this. And apparently like between each shot, they kind of had to like go like clean out their eyes and their mouths because they were just getting like sand all through there. So yeah, it was, it was pretty real. I think they said it was, it was quite cold and they were okay because they kind of had like balaclavas or beanies on as they become later on. But um, apparently um, Bob Odenkirk was pretty cold because like the, the suit didn't give him a lot of kind of protection. But I think their idea of cold and, and the rest of the worlds might be different. I think they said something like, well, they said 13 degrees, which I guess 13 Fahrenheit, that's probably is quite, quite That is quite cold. Well, this is the thing with a lot of deserts. Like, I think people don't realise that deserts do actually get quite cold at night sometimes. Some of these places do. Um, but, uh, yeah, 13 is minus something. That's definitely in the minuses. Right, okay. Well, that Fahrenheit. is cold then, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, just everything about this scene is great. Like, I love it, like, before he sort of realises who they are when he's sort of saying, like, why kill me? Why not just kill Badger? And they sort of like the way they look at each other. It's like if you know a mosquito is coming after you, you're not going to go after the mosquito's, uh, you know, lawyer. Uh, and then ultimately he realizes that it's uh, Walt because he's coughing. He's like, take off the the mask, Mister Mayhew, um, and kind of you know they 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 reveal themselves and what is it like? I love just Jesse's reaction and then they're like, oh, give give me a dollar, like you know, attorney client privilege. Like, come on, now put a dollar in my pocket. And then even Jesse's like, I've only got a five. A five will do. A five will do. He's like, take off your mask. I don't like who I'm talking to. Um, and just go there, um, and just just everything about it is is so great. And then essentially, Soul's like, look, you know, somebody's going to have to go to jail for this. It's just a matter of who's going to go for jail for this. And this goes back to, I guess, Jesse's whole line about you don't need a criminal lawyer, you need a criminal lawyer. And this is what's so good about Soul is that like. You know, you think he's just this sleazy, lowballer guy, but he's got connections and he's, you know, he's affiliated with people and he's going to be able to help them out and all this kind of stuff. Um, One of my favourite bits of this whole sequence is when they mention about, like, oh, why don't you just kill Badger? Just the way Walt sort of looks at Jesse like, well, yeah, that's a good point. And then just like, mm-hmm. no, we're not killing Badger! <laughs> just kind of just shouts at him. Like, suddenly it goes back to almost Jesse's little look to, to Walt before, like, huh, yeah, like, who's the man? Like, just, just the little look that Brian Cranston gives him is so good. But I... I'm going to say this now. It probably won't make the top five, but I'm heavily putting this up there as a potential for a possible top five. So I just love this scene. Oh yeah, I think it's a and it's quite a quite a foundational scene and kind of the you know the relationship of 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 these three characters. You know, like he he becomes such an important part of this this whole show that kind of building that from the ground up here is really really important. So I I think it's a fantastic scene. It's yeah absolutely there with you. So yeah, I wouldn't be in any way um, horrified if we were talking about this in a few weeks' time. It rem- the whole sequence there when he's like, um, you know, why don't we just kill Badger or whatever in the look? It just reminds me of um, Dumb and Dumber, like at the <laughs> end when, you know, they're all rescued and everything and then like Jim Carrey turns to Jeff Dan is like, what if he shot you in the face? It's like, what if you shot me in the face? It's like, that's a risk we were willing to take. Like, just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just got that realisation of like, well, hang on a minute. Um, oh, so good. Uh, so we've got uh, Hank now questioning badger and basically you know he's given up uh the details here of of um what we think is walt like i actually like the way they edit this set kind of you you think you should get the scene in soul's office beforehand but what makes this scene great is that kind of you know straight away you're like well what's going on here because like badger's explaining walt like uh oh like you know mm. walt's screwed here but then we obviously cut back to soul's office and we find out that there's this guy who essentially you can hire to go to jail for you. Um, and essentially $80,000 it's going to cost. Um, what is that? 30000 to this guy, fifty for Sol. Uh, which, again, I just love the sleazy nature of just how much money he's going to fucking make off this. They dump all the money on the table and uh, just the way Sol's look and just, oh, uh, it's, it's so good. And kind of, you know, this is ultimately like it's just a scene really isn't it where kind of you know Walt and Jesse are realizing that they, they have these issues like because I think it's mentioned in this episode a few times that Jesse says and I think Sol says it that like you're going to be doing something like this you're going to have to expect people are going to get caught every now and then so you've got overhead or kind of things like that expenditure that yep. you have to kind of work out so yeah it's interesting to think that you've got a guy you can hire to to go to jail which makes sense though because like there's constantly stories about sort of criminals who, you know, get out. And then, I mean, isn't it a big thing about the Shawshank Redemption, that character who gets let out and he ends up killing himself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it makes sense. But, again, it's just there's nothing bad about this episode, Nick. This is the thing. Like, even basic scenes like this are brilliant. 
Yeah, well, I think this is one of those episodes that um, is a bit of a puzzle, you know, like, and you're kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together as we go along. And I think we get more of this as, as the run of Breaking Bad continues. Like, I, I think this might be one of the first episodes that's a bit like this, that you kind of get the pieces of the puzzle and then it's how it's constructed is what makes it really interesting. Um, so, yeah, I, I also really like that we kind of get the kind of um, the shock of, of, you know, Badger kind of giving this information up about who Heisenberg is and it matches Walt so as a viewer when you're watching this the first time you're like oh shit this isn't good and then we get the follow-up scene back in the office where you know we find out this guy what's he called Jimmy Jimmy in and out um you know who's, who's gonna pretend to be Heisenberg for this 80k I, I, I really like it I think it's just it's a good way of constructing these scenes um that kind of builds a bit of tension and builds a bit of uncertainty and then drops drops you the truth with some humor which I think is really a, a good way of doing things and another great scene here. I mean, again, you could argue you could almost put this in a, a top five. Like in a season that had nothing in it, you could. there's three scenes in this episode you could uh, put into it. But this whole sequence now where the drop's going down, they're kind of setting up this guy. So Badger's going to have to make a trade on a bench and you've got the DEA watching and our uh, skinny road trip guy. And, uh, and also Walt and Jesse are kind of watching, which I do have to question, why are Walt and Jesse watching this in Walt's car? Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the only thing that I kind of like. You know, what's going on here? Yeah, which I guess, like, I mean, it will make sense in a way what we're about to see the way Walt you know interacts with Hank. But uh, basically, a, a bald guy sits down. That's not the guy that they're doing. So, so Badger's here basically thinking this is the guy they're doing the drop, and we realise that uh, there just happens to be another bench right next to this other bench. And uh, the real criminal guy is on that one. So Walt basically thinks on his feet, drives around, kicks Jesse out. It's like, go tell him, go tell him. And then Walt makes a distraction where essentially he's like, hey, Hank, how you doing? What are you doing now? Oh, yeah, it's been a good day. How's you been? You better. He's just like, Walt, like, piss off, piss off. He's like, oh, are you in the middle of this? Is something going on? Is something going down right now? DEA business? Um, and just kind of, then the guy, he's blocking the camera, he's blocking the camera. And then essentially he, he gets away with it. Because Jesse kind of sneaks behind Badger, like, wrong guy, wrong guy. Uh, and then the tray goes down uh, and Baldy McBaldface gets arrested. I do love this guy, though. Like, as soon as the cops show up, you just see him stand up and put his hands behind yeah. his head. Like, it's just yeah. kind of like he's obviously he's expecting it. But um, and then I'll, I'll kind of maybe just cap it there when um, we're back at the DEA station and you've got the skinny cop dudes like, yeah, we made a great bus. Like, we got him everything. And sort of Hank kind of has a bit of a look on his face. They almost say like, yeah, that was too easy. I, I don't I don't know what's happened here. This 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 isn't how it should work. But um, mm. great sequence. Oh, it's, it's just entertaining. And like the music as well, it's kind of a bit playful and tense. And even, again, I've seen this episode maybe two or three times in my life. But even I'm watching this, it's like I'm watching it for the first time. Like, what's happening? What's going to happen? Yeah, this is actually my favourite scene of the whole episode um, because I think it's just, it's so tense, but then it's just cut through with this amazing humour. Um, and I think like one of the things that Breaking Bad does better than maybe any other show is that it, it does just that. It kind of, you have these moments of real tension that are kind of cut with humour. And, you know, like the, one of the one of the most highly rated episodes towards the end of this run has this incredibly tense scene that's then followed up by this really humorous scene. And I think we get, you know, like this is a real trademark of the show and it kind of also goes to the thing you know we're kind of um what pulls up next to hank of you know like creating that distraction he knows he can get away with it because of the thing we've talked about before because nobody suspects walt is capable of these things so he can get away with doing things that just make him look a bit dumb um and nobody even blinks you know twice because they just don't think what would ever be capable of being heisenberg so it, it, like it just works incredibly well um so yeah i just i love the tension of this i love the humor of it um i, I everything about this is just it's so much fun um and you know like I, i'm here to have a good time you know when i watch the show i really want to enjoy myself and so yeah i think this is the standout scene of this whole like i if, if we're talking about this for for top five I'll, I'll definitely be be advocating for it because i think it is just so much fun yeah look i i i'm with you like i mean it's it's a great scene and it's just i mean this episode has got i mean there's literally still a scene to come which again on a crap season with no moments like you could argue that the final scene is almost worthy of a top five like there's just this is just one of those episodes um and before we get to that scene we've got Jesse gets a mattress and he fucks Jane on it. Cool. Um, which like I I, don't, I feel like I'm bagging that out like it's shit. But like, there's no point. Like 
we don't need to talk about it, I feel, because that's all it is. And I like, I'm, I'm really liking this Jesse Jane, sort of the, the courtship of them. I actually am appreciating it a lot more, and I'm a Jesse fan, so I kind of like seeing him, you know, be happy almost. We haven't really seen Jesse happy in this show. So, like, that's yeah, I, where I, I think it's important, right? And I think it's also important just from a structural perspective of, like, you started the episode with these guys, you know, picking up that, you know, it, it's now a physical relationship. And I think you just need to, um, you need to follow that up. I think if you wait until the next episode to follow that up, even with a simple scene that kind of reinforces that she's come back, um, you know, that it wasn't just a one-off, like, she has actually come back. I think you need that scene. I think if, I think if you wait until the next episode, it loses a lot of its sting. And so I think it is just like a, yeah, it's a little scene, but again, I, I've said it a few times, it's a functional scene, but it's a, it's a scene you need in order to, to kind of really reinforce the, the, the earlier scene at the start of the episode. Let me get this, uh, this last scene. I just, again, it's such a great sequence. Um, kind of Walt's just uh, marking some papers, you know, not good enough, your shit, get better at chemistry. <laughs> and then Sol walks in and you're like, oh, okay, what's going on here? And, it's kind of almost like sinister soul, isn't it? Like it's kind of like, you know, now you realise this guy's actually just so much more than he actually is. I mean, I mean, is there a – I'll put this out there right now. Name a better episode of television where you've got one character who gets introduced <laughs> and you just kind of – all the layers of what this guy is, you know what I mean? Um, but basically Soul saying like, look, I got a PI. It took him three hours to find you. It wasn't that hard. Like how, how quick are the cops going to find you if you're not careful? And he's basically just here saying that, you know – I can help you out. I can hook you up. Like, cut me in on what you're doing right now. And, uh, you know, you need someone like me in your corner to help you out and kind of really almost solidifying this uh, relationship that we're going to build throughout the show. And, you know, Walt's reaction of like, shit, like, you know, I've been careless. Like, you know, he's thinking that he's the man and everything's going swimmingly, but he's this sort of skeezy lawyer with 2 a.m., you know, terrible commercials. He's found him in three hours. So, um, yeah, and I, like, just, I just love the way this ends where basically, like, Sol has his line and he basically just quotes his own ad. Well, what are you going to do? Better call Sol! And he's kind of got that, <laughs> and he walks out and then kind of, it just, oh, just from start to finish, this episode is so good. Yeah, I think, and again, you know, like, just the hideous fashion choices here. So he's got like, this bright yellow shirt and this <laughs> hor- horrific purple tie. Like, yeah, it's just, it's so good. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things where um, you're totally right that, you know, Walt thinks he's got this thing on, on under control, but actually he's, he's a small fish in a big pond. And if he wants to survive and not get eaten by a big shark, he's going to need people like Saul. And, you know, so I think it's just, it's a really great way of introducing this character that we're going to need that he's not just there to get them out of trouble at certain times he's now going to be an integral part of them being able to money launder and, and do all the things that they need to do in order to to make this a long-term venture um and and so yeah i, th- I just think it's a it, it's a really really cool scene um and you know bob odenkirk is going to be one of those guys that i think regardless of who he's in a scene with he's going to make it better you know um you know that's that's just who he is um you know like, it kind of reminds me a little bit of our nip tuck stuff about of, of the christian character you know like regardless of who's in a scene with him it's better because they're in it with him you know he is just like bob odenkirk's able to just have chemistry kind of pretty quickly with anybody um and you just immediately just are into this character you just love this character um so so yeah i i absolutely love this scene as well so good, and what what an absolutely uh, amazing episode! Again, you, I mean, you're two books now, Nick. I feel like you're going to have all the trivia, but uh, I mean, again, the the Breaking Bad wiki page here has a lot of trivia for this episode. Um, and actually, one the first one I'll point out here, fascinating. This is the first time we've ever not had Walter Junior in an episode. So <laughs> uh, there, there's a little bit of a a trivia bit for you. Um, so yeah, so many ones here. Uh, in this one, uh, there's the number on the bench, uh, which is a real phone number, but it doesn't exist. Um, well, so I think there was. So I think there was a thing about. I, I don't know if it was around this, but uh, we may have talked about this already. That you could kind of ring up, and if like if it was on the first day of of the show airing, you'd ring up, and it would be Saul Goodman would like leave you a message or something like mm-hmm. that. Like mm-hmm. I, there might have been something like that. There's some like just to pick up on that point you made earlier about you know, um, you know the name dropping from Saul, and you know, he says that you know it was Ignacio and or Nacho, who is obviously a character in Better Call Saul. So it is tying to a character. Right. Um, 
clients. Right. You know, so so that makes sense. And we've got things like Saul Goodman, you know, wants money order for a fictional ice station Zebra Associates, which is a name he and Kim give their fictitious software company in, in Better Call Saul. So yeah, there's definitely tie-ins here all over the place to to and, and part of me loves that and part of me actually doesn't like it. Like it like I, I, I sometimes it gets that kind of star Wars effect of like you, you're trying to tie every little kind of loose end up that you actually get so tied up that it's not, not fun anymore. So I, I hope we don't feel like that. I do feel like this is standalone and I, you know, whenever you get to better call Saul, it doesn't feel like we're just trying to like fill in gaps to make it all feel like completely, you know, intermeshed because it doesn't need to, I'm, I'm quite happy to have loose threads sometimes. Not everything needs an explanation. No, you know, we, we, we don't need to know how Han Solo got his name. Han Solo, no, basically, no. things like no. that. Um, I like here, it says, Bob Odenkirk said that his favourite moment filming was when they were out in the desert. Um, and I also like here, it says that Odenkirk said that he had no clue what the Spanish words he spoke meant. <laughs> um, so, there you go. Uh, yeah, me neither, Bob. Um, yeah, I kind of feel we both know what we're going to do with this episode, right? Oh yeah, I mean it's totally a buy from me. I think this is one of the better episodes. Um, I, I'm actually just um, changing my my ranking as we go because I do think this is such a good episode. So um, coming in here, I had it number four. I've actually now bumped it up to number three. Um, so I put it above um, the bags in the river, which I think is a pretty big call because I do love that episode. But I think this is just like, so much fun. Um, so I've I've only got it below season one episode six crazy handful of nothing and the pilot um are the only two i've got it above um so i yeah it, the best episode of of this season so this and grilled i think are the two so far for me and peekaboo i guess as well um that i've really enjoyed but to me this one just you know without having like a massive moment like we talked last week about there being a couple of big moments in the last episode and this one's got some great scenes that will that we'll definitely be talking about in that kind of um end of season wrap up but it doesn't have like a big knockout scene that you kind of when you're doing that mental Rolodex of, of episodes, you think, oh, yeah, that's what happened in that one. Like, all you remember is this is the one where Saul gets introduced. You don't necessarily think about anything else from it as being a, an absolute knockout scene, yet it's still an amazing episode. So I think that kind of tells you everything you need to know about how good this episode is. Well, I'm definitely buying it, and um, I'm just not even going to beat around the bush, Nicholas. I'm making this my number one episode. I, I am putting it at number one because I just, like, it just... Again, I think there's four moments in this you could argue could be in a top five. It's just fun. There's nothing bad about this episode. It goes by so quickly. And it just, like, my point before, like, name a better episode of an introduction of a character where you just get sold on literally everything you need to know. Like, from being a tough badass to kind of being skeezy to being a bit of a wimp when he's under pressure to kind of, you know, just street smart. Just so good. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's controversial or not. I'm looking here on uh, The Ringer. This came in at number 12. And they have two episodes that we've already seen above this one. But, um, yeah, I just, I just like, I'm, I'm with you. Like, it doesn't have sort of that big moment. But, like, I think in just terms of an overall episode, it's kind of almost like my season four of Nip Tuck argument that just kind of the overall thing was so good that I can't not have it at number one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm number one right now for me is Better Call Soul. There you go. I, I don't think that is a particularly um, controversial take. I think this is probably just one of those ones that um, – is, is a little bit forgotten um, and so when you go back to watch it it's just a real joy because you've kind of forgotten just how good it is um, so so yeah I, I, I absolutely don't have any any particular disagreements with that I think that's a um, a, a pretty good call um, so you know you've got it at one I've got it at three so that kind of tells you everything you need to know about how good this episode is what's our IMDB rating this week Nick? I think it's a I think it's a 9.2 9.3 something like that um, let me just go and have a look um, but yeah it's it's right up there as you know like a, a top grade yes yeah, a 9.2 um, so so yeah it's it's a very highly rated episode well as it should be uh, next week uh, we are back for four days out uh, which if you ever want to see Walt and Jesse get stuck in the desert, then you're in for a treat next week. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's an interesting one. Like, I feel like the next couple of episodes, uh, yeah, I don't know where we're going to stand on them. Like, I'm not saying they're bad episodes. Again, as we've always said, usually sort of the lesser episodes of Breaking Bad are still great episodes of TV, but it's kind of when you sort of mentioned some of your thoughts on season two, like, I feel like these episodes kind of will fall into what you were sort of saying. So, again, I mean, acting-wise, this episode is amazing. Visually, this episode is amazing. Kind of the tension-wise of it, it's amazing. 
But, I mean, it all depends on what you're watching Breaking Bad for. If you kind of want a lot more, you know, humor like this episode or action or things always going on rather than kind of two guys stuck in an RV for most of the episode. So, um, yeah, I, this is going to be one of those ones where I'm going to go into it, you know, not knowing what I'm going to do with it. Again, it might, the discussion might help me towards something more or it might help me lessen it. So uh, I'm really intrigued for next week's episode. Yeah, I think this is, well, you know, like to, to kind of spoil the IMDb rate, it's not a spoiler, anybody can go and check them out, but, um, you know, this is also a 9.2 next week, and, and I guess the spoiler for me is I don't think it's nearly as good of an episode as what we've just seen. Um, it's a different episode, and I think you're right in terms of the um, the visuals of it are really, really good. I think it's one of those showcases of, you know, like it, it's largely, you know, like I'd say like 80, 85, 90% of the episodes, two characters on screen. Um, and so I think that that makes it, feel different from potentially what we're doing like we're kind of expanding the cast and now we we shrink back down for one episode and it's really about two people um kind of doing their thing um so i think there's some really good scenes in this one um but yeah i think it can drag on you a little bit if you if you want to see other stuff happening and i think what we've seen in the last few episodes is, is multiple storylines starting to be set up and then we kind of shrink back down to one one kind of storyline happening so yeah i think it, i think there's plenty to talk about um there's a new zealand connection which I'm looking forward to talking about next week as well. Um, so, so yeah, I think there's um, th- there's there's lots of fun to be had in terms of a discussion about next week's episode, one way or the other. There's, I mean, I will say one thing about next week: the closing of the episode is actually quite powerful. And there's a scene in the very closing scene of next week. I will say. I will advocate for a top five. It's just it's just a simple scene that is it's very powerful, mm. um, and I think it's a big Walt moment. Um, and actually, I can't really go into details. I'm just reading an, an interesting trivia about next week. Uh, because if I detail it, someone like Colin, who's still hopefully listening, will get very much spoiled in the future. But um, <laughs> there's a big El Camino connection, the uh, the the movie that came after Breaking Bad. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Maybe I'll tell you about that off air if you didn't already know uh, kind of what that is. But uh, that's next week, four days out. Stay tuned for that. Uh, if you enjoy 24, our 24 coverage is also happening on the Oz Network and uh, all our other movie recaps and other things we've got going on at the same time. You'll hear how to subscribe and everything at the end here, Patreon as well. Get involved and uh, get excited as we continue on with our Breaking Bad coverage. My name is Ben, and I've seen better podcasting in an epileptic whorehouse. And my name's Nick, and no shanking. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.